Hello, ladies. Welcome to this episode. Just a quick note to let you know that this episode was originally recorded as a LinkedIn Live, where I had some nice slides to go with the conversation. So if you'd like to check those out, you can either see that you can see the recording on my LinkedIn page or on my YouTube page. And we'll have links to those in the show notes. Thanks. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know that generating income from our expertise, well, that's the easy part. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me on the journey to building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. But before we get started, one little disclaimer because, well, I'm a lawyer. The information I share on this podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, let's do this. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do know some of you, for those of you who I have not met before, I'm Erin Austin. I'm a lawyer and consultant, and I work with uh, the founders of expertise-based businesses, where I help them harness their expertise to create scalable and saleable assets by creating IP-based revenue streams. So today we're going to talk about the fine line between certification and franchising. If you have followed some of my writings or some of my webinars, then you know I've been talking a fair amount about licensing recently. And I've been talking about it because I love it as a way for the expert to add leverage to their business, meaning that they can increase their revenues and increase their profits in a way that is scalable and ultimately create an asset that is saleable. And so it hits all the markers that I like to talk about when I talk about building a saleable business, building exclusivity into our business and building predictability into our business. So the beauty of the license is that it is intellectual property. So of course, IP is exclusive asset. It strengthens your brand. And it also creates that predictability by having recurring revenue in your business. And those are the things that acquirer likes to see when they're looking and evaluating a business for purchase. So I am going to talk about licensing very quickly, just in case you haven't seen the prior presentations about what a license is. So asset. So licenses are typically about, in our context, we're talking about intellectual property, not about real estate, which would be like a lease or about equipment, which would be a rental agreement. But when you're letting someone borrow your intellectual property, you grant a license to them. So the license is that agreement between the two parties. The licensor is the owner of the asset and the licensee is the borrower or the user of the asset. And then the licensee will pay a license fee to the licensor to get that license to use their asset. 
So there are different levels of licensing. There's the very basic license, like the license that I'm paying to use the StreamYard, which I use for this broadcast. And so I am licensing this technology from them. Anyone who's got a credit card can get a license and use it. And I can use it so long as I continue to pay them. So that's a very basic level of license. But there are also more intensive uses that have more restrictions. And the two we're going to talk about today are certification and franchise. Those are both licenses, but different levels of intensity. So first is the certification. So when for our experts with their expertise-based businesses, they have some a proprietary process that they're using to serve their clients. And they may have other service providers who also want to borrow their expertise. And so you may be interested in creating a certification program around your proprietary process. So when we have that type of license, which we call a certification, we one, have the license of your proprietary process and your trademark, assuming you have one. And then we also require some sort of mastery. So there'll be some training attached to it so that that licensee shows like, I actually know how to deliver your process competently because you don't want someone to degrade the value of your process by delivering it in a way that doesn't meet the client standards. Hey everyone, a quick word from our sponsor, Think Beyond IP. Think Beyond IP helps your professional services firm build the essential legal and strategic foundation required to confidently scale your business by developing, protecting, and leveraging intellectual property assets. You can find us at thinkbeyondip.com. Now, back to the show. So the characteristics of a certification, again, it is a license and it will include the trademark and the related materials. So let's say we're going to talk about a couple of examples that apply to consultants. So in a minute, I'm going to turn to the certified value builder. And so value builder is a trademark. And so they also have the related materials. They have a software program. And so you get a license to use their trademark and their software. There is training portion to it. Again, we want to make sure that our licensees know how to use our materials. Therefore, they don't negatively impact the value of our trademark. You're going to have some type of technical support. Um, it won't be as intense as the franchise, which we'll talk about later, but you still want to make sure that they get their questions answered, that you're updating materials. It's also very valuable to have an online community, incurring license fee. Uh, and so there will be a license fee. So every time for every period that they're using your materials, using your license, then they're going to pay you a fee for that. So it may be based on time, like an annual license fee or a monthly license fee. So it could be that on an annual basis, they have to come back and get recertified and there's a fee for that recertification. So that would be a recurring fee there. Or it could be some sort of royalty that's based on the usage. So let's say it's a training. You have licensed your training materials to them. 
And maybe if they're training a thousand people, then their license fee might be different, might be based on the number of heads they're training versus if they're just using it for their one-on-one clients, then it might be a different license fee. So the Value Builder Certified, they are a software program and basically it's for professionals who like consultants, like financial advisors, attorneys, accountants, who work with businesses to help them increase the value in their business and for hopefully building it to sell. And so they have these drivers of value that when you're certified value builder, you can use their system to do these assessments. And then it kicks out a report that tells you how the client's business is doing. And then you work together with the client on creating more value in these drivers. And so here with Value Builder, they have a certification fee. That's something you pay up front. And then you go through their process and then you pay an annual or monthly license fee and you get access to their assessment process and the report process. So that would be a pre-standard certification program. So with franchise, we're going to look at the similarities and differences, but just generally it is a much more intense use of a license. Again, it's still a license, but instead of just licensing a trademark and some materials, It is the entire business. It's complete turnkey business. It has operations. It has branding. It has marketing that comes with it. Territory specific a lot of times. The fees are of a different magnitude. Typically, it's an investment really more than just a fee. And then you would have revenue sharing with it as well. Your franchisor is interested in, you know, they're marketing you, they're providing all the support. So they want to participate in that upside. So there's that revenue sharing that could also look like a marketing fee because they do your marketing for you as well. And they may get clients for you even. So again, to maintain the quality of that brand that you have to follow their systems, every McDonald's is going to be the same. Every Every Starbucks is going to do the same. The branding, the supplies, the distribution system, everything's the same, right? And so unlike a certification, that certification is just a contract. It is a license agreement. It is a contract. And so you put in there whatever it is that you want to put in there. You know, you can negotiate those terms. A franchise is actually regulated by the state. And so that is why we don't want to cross the line between a certification, which is a contract relationship and a certification, which is regulated by the states. And unfortunately, it's regulated literally by each state. So there's not a federal franchise law. So every state has its own franchise laws. There's kind of four buckets that they go fall into. We're not going to talk about them. But generally, these are the core elements that will turn a licensing of relationship into a franchise. So you have to have that trademark license because there's that unified brand. The licensor has significant control over the operations of the business or provides significant assistance over the running of the business. And that there is an upfront fee required and that there is, this is revenue sharing. So these are broad parameters, just because if you're close to these, then we want to take a much closer look. 
different states have slightly different interpretations about what significant assistance is. And uh, sometimes it can just be an association with, and so there's different things to look at. But if you have kind of these three things, a trademark license, some significant involvement or association among the licensees and licensor, and something that looks like a revenue share, then we really want to make sure that we're not accidentally becoming a, a franchise. So H&R Block is an example of a franchise. H&R Block is a tax prep franchise, and it is the whole business. H&R Block requires you to have a brick and mortar location. So you have to sign a lease. You have to use their trade dress, meaning, you know, the fixtures and things that they have, their signage, and then they have their operations manual. So that would be your franchise. So what is the difference? On kind of a macro level, and again, there's always nuances, but on a macro level, I like to think about it. Is it a menu item or is it the entire restaurant? So if we go to the value builder, which is H&R Block. So the value builder, I'm a lawyer or an accountant or a coach or a consultant. I have my business, but I want to add the value builder assessment. I want to become certified in the value builder assessment process. That is just a menu item. I'm still Aaron Austin Accounting Services, but I am also certified to do the value builder assessment. So that is a menu item versus the entire restaurant. There cannot be an H&R block inside of Aaron Austin Accounting. There cannot be a Domino's inside of Andy's Pizzeria. Like it has to be the entire business. And so if you look at your program, what you propose to license as being the entire business or just a menu item, that's a good indicator of whether it's a certification or a franchise. So they both are license agreements. They both involve licenses, including the trademark similarities. They both have control over the trademark usage. You never want to lose control over your trademark, no matter what the use is, whether it's certification program or other. You always want to control how your trademark is used. There's going to be some kind of balloon payment up front of some sort. In the certification, it's something that you don't need to get a second mortgage for. It's a certification fee or a training fee to get that training. In the franchise, it really is an investment, especially if it's a brick and mortar franchise. The way that the licensor gets paid, it is on a recurring ongoing basis for use of that license. But on the certification side, it's a recurring license fee, you know, based on time or based on recertification. Whereas on the franchise side, it's typically a revenue share, a marketing fee, that kind of thing, where they are participating in the operations of your business. And for the independently run certification, it is an independently run business. It's a menu item. It is not the business, right? So Aaron Austin Accounting, still I have my own business. I do my own thing, but I also have that value builder assessment that I can offer you. On the franchise side, your operations are dictated by your franchise agreement, your H&R block, you do things their way. I have my own brand in my accounting firm and I cannot use the value builder trademark in my name. I can't call myself value builder accounting. 
but I can use that trademark on my site that shows I'm a certified value builder consultant, but it's not my brand name. It's not my company name. Whereas on the H&R Block side, on the franchise side, it is the name of the business is H&R Block. And the trademark is the business name. You have that unified brand. And you have a license that renews annually. Yes, there is some investment in certification, but it's not, you know, a business make or break number. And so if you decide that, you know, it's just not for you, you walk away and you don't renew, right? Whereas on the franchise side, it is an investment. And that fact that it is an investment is the reason that we have special franchise laws that apply, unlike the license, which is just a contract where just regular contract law applies. So I'll just say briefly that, you know, if you want to avoid becoming an accidental franchise, some people also call it an unintentional franchise, three things to just kind of be super, super aware of. Do not tie fees directly to the revenue of the licensee, you're, you're the licensor. And this, all these examples, you're the licensor. Don't permit them to use your trademark in the business name. If you have some sort of certified button that they can put on their website, great, but they do not use it in their business name. And then you don't want to have any type of unifying brand elements. You cannot provide a massive amount of assistance, um, but you can do a little bit. If we go to the value builder example, like you can get a newsletter from them. So I, on the newsletter list of colleagues who is a certified value builder. And so he sends out a newsletter that basically talks about the value builder podcast, kind of what's happening, the build to sell podcast. And so you have, you know, some marketing materials that you can use, but it's his business, his name, that he has his own consulting business that he does strategy work. And why does it matter? So it matters because franchises are highly regulated and they're highly regulated because they are the entire business. When we go back to our value builder versus H&R Block, if I lose my value builder certification, I still have my accounting firm. Maybe it makes an impact, maybe it doesn't, but life goes on. If I have set up an H&R Block tax prep business, and I lose that license, my business is gone. I have lost all my investment. And so so for that reason, it's very highly regulated. And where people get into trouble is where they think they have a certification problem. They don't follow the franchise law rules. And those include some significant disclosure requirements. It's almost like a prospectus, like when you're doing a public offering. It's not that bad, but it's, it's pretty similar. And you haven't done those things, then that licensee, who really was a franchisee has lots of remedies against you, including your lost profits and loss of their investment and things and penalties and interest if things go south. And, you know, it's always about when things go south. So you want to make sure that we are on the right side of that. So what is the difference between a usage-based license fee and a revenue share? So for the certification with a license fee. So let's say you are a trainer. So you do, I like to use an example of someone who does employee onboarding training, you know, so they do the sexual harassment training for every new cohort of employees that come in. And so you may do that on a one-on-one basis. So your license fee will be based on the number of 
people that are served using your uh, materials. So if you are giving it to an auditorium of 100 people or a room of 10 people, that license fee is based on the 100 people or versus the 10 people. So that is usage-based, but it's not related to your revenue. Maybe that 100 people is, you know, a nonprofit and you only charge them a thousand bucks for it. And maybe the 10 is for Fortune 500 C-suite executives and you charge them, you know, $50,000 for it. So that would just be based on the number, the headcount, not on what you received for it. And that would put you on the certification side versus if it is something where it is, you know, 10% of your revenue. So you charge, you know, was a thousand dollars for the nonprofit and it's 10%, then they would get hundred dollars. But from the C-suite, $50,000 fee, they would get $5,000. So that would be usage versus revenue. And we don't want to do revenue share unless you intend to be a franchise. Do I have to register a certification program with anyone? No, you do not. So unlike franchises, which are highly regulated, certification programs are contract created. And so it is a private transaction between the parties, the same as your services agreements with your clients. Um, your certification agreements, license agreements are private agreements between you and your licensees. And no, it does not need to be registered. Now, what you will have registered is your trademark, of course, would be you have a registered trademark and your materials that are eligible for copyright protection. Of course, you would register those as well so that you have the full protection of intellectual property laws. If I want to start my own licensing program that incurs some of the IP in a certification program under which I'm licensed, what are my restrictions? If you're using licensed material in your current practice and you want to bundle up what you're currently doing and then certify third parties to do what you're doing, that would effectively make your licensees sub-licensees of the place that you received your original materials from. Most likely that um, licensor does not permit you to create licensees. So you need to look at that original agreement to see what you received, what rights you received under them. But I, I mean, I'm almost positive that it says you cannot further create a program and further sub-license those rights that you get from them. That's a really good question because so many of us, um, we use some third-party materials to deliver services to our end clients, and that's 100% fine. That's exactly why we license them to provide services to our end clients, but we can't then use those same materials unless it explicitly says that we can to create sub-licensees with those materials. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. I have mentioned uh, licensing in other presentations, so you can find them on my LinkedIn, and I think you can find them on my YouTube page, and so contact me if you can't find them. And I also have a handout that kind of has these different intensities of licensing from that basic license to the certification to the franchise, and so anyone who wants that, um, make sure you reach out and we can get that to you too. 
Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe, and I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.